Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I am here with Vic Mattis, my co-host from the Washington Free Beacon. We are your morning show for any hour. We've got tons of news, New Hampshire primary. We got to get through the numbers on that, see what the path forward is for all mono awamano. <laughs> yet another new phrase from Getting Hammered. Um, we got a SCOTUS decision to decipher uh, about the border. Gen Z turns on their Hill bosses. And there's some Barbie discourse, and I regret to inform you that Hillary is involved. We're going to get to all of that. But before that, how's it going, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. Going just fine. I have been doing some pop culture educating at home. Oh, not, interesting. Not for my kids, but for my wife. Okay, okay. What, As, does, what does Kate need catching up on? Music videos. Okay. Not from now. I don't watch music videos. I have no idea if music videos are still a thing. I don't even think they get made. Like, if you go to... MTV, right? right? It's all like reality shows now and it started with the real world, but it used to be videos. Yeah. That's why they called it music television. That was, was the like, idea. Yes. Yeah, that was the original uh, idea. And so from time to time, we'll talk about a song. A song will come on, on the air and I'll say, oh, great video, isn't it? And she'll be like, I know what you're talking about. And that sort of dawned on me, wait a minute, what do you, what do you mean you've never heard of this or you've never seen this? And her parents had forbidden, forbade her Oh. from watching because they were told, of, you know, it's bad. MTV, yeah. remember in the 80s, MTV was bad. Oh, yeah, You're not yeah, supposed yeah. to watch MTV. Yet her younger brother knows all the videos I'm talking about, so I'm not sure what's going on there. The key, the key to that sentence is younger brother. Yes, <laughs> I think that's always the okay. case in general. Yeah. So for, I was just showing her a video earlier today, but for example, she'll say, oh my gosh, you know, like Def Leppard's pour some sugar on me. Oh, that must have been crazy. And I'm like, no, Actually, it's just a concert video. It's just a concert <laughs> video. Very good, Mary Kathy. Same era. <laughs> and she had never, actually, until we got married, she had never seen AHA's video for Take On Me. Oh, wow. Which is iconic. Yeah. So, you know, I'm in the process of this. How, oh, did you watch videos oh, growing up? Was that a thing? For sure. By the way, I should say they do still exist because I can see them in the background of my Spotify app. Oh. There's, they often have video accompaniment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how full these videos are anymore. And one thing I've heard about the directing industry is that a lot of folks got their start oh. directing music videos Absolutely. and then they move on to movies. 100%. And that training ground is not exactly the same anymore. Oh, okay. But I do know they exist because they put them on Instagram and I'll see, right. I'll see clips that are like, this comes from the music video. I'm like, yeah. oh, neat, we're still doing that. But yes, I'm well-versed in music videos, particularly of the era that you were talking oh, about. So a lot of these uh, videos had like actors, like oh, actual yeah. actors. Gary Oldman was in a Guns N' Roses video. Oh, I got to check yeah. that out. I didn't realize that. I was going to mention the uh, Tom Petty's Into the Great Wide Open. Right. Which had, well, it had Johnny Depp. Oh, yes, that's uh, right. Faye Dunaway, who's like the agent. And the, the girl interest was Gabrielle Anwar, one of my favorites. Oh, you like Gabrielle. Love her. She's, she's about gal. three foot five. She's a pretty gal. She's tiny. Uh, she's about the size of an American girl doll, as it was turns she... out. But she's, I loved her in Scent of a Woman. Was she the one in Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken? Was that a secret? A sequel? If you're, if Is that a sequel to Wild Hearts? If you're a woman of my age, you know what Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken is. Okay. It is... <laughs> An amazing movie. Well, I think of Wild Orchid. Sorry. Yeah, Gabrielle Anwar. She was the star of that movie. I'll that movie out. came out in 1991. And I'm just going to, I should just read the synopsis to Please. you. Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. Thrilled by a performance she sees at a fair, Sonora Webster tries to land a spot as a daredevil 
who rides horses off of high dives. Never mind. It's not ex- it's not at all what I thought this was going to be. And that is the plot of that movie that takes place, I believe, in like sort of depression era America. And at one point she endures a tragic accident, as you might imagine, jumping off of high dives while riding horses. Yeah, yeah see, so, it sort of leads to that. Well, that's Anyway, if you guys want to check that out, Thank that was you. a that was a tween classic in okay. in the 90s. Yes, I will I will make sure not to and check the be- that out. With the Thank beautiful you. Gabrielle Anwar in a 1930s yes, no. swimsuit. Well covered. Well covered, Vic. Yeah, it's not really yeah, no, up it's, your, yeah, it's terrible. It's not up no. your alley. No, get me to the 60s. Mary Catherine, how are you? I'm all right. <laughs> yes, I'm with I'm with you on the music videos. I loved those days. One of the things that I enjoy about my current career is that I get to be buddies with Kennedy. Oh, yeah, of course. Of VJ fame. Absolutely. Of MTV. She must have great stories. Yes, who is a libertarian chica who hosts for Fox on various shows, had her own show for quite some time. And she has just fantastic stories from from those days, from the heyday of MTV. It's it's like the equivalent of a journalist working at Time Life magazine in the fifties. I mean, yes. you were the kings. It was with Sports yeah, she Illustrated. Was, she in was nineties, like grunge era, and she was the sort of alt chick. So she right. was on that beat. That's right. And she there were no other. The only other competition was VH1. Yes, that was it. Although Pop Up Video is still, Pop-up I would video. say, a great show. So you reminded me with the younger brother thing that yeah. I, sh- and my my parents and my younger brother, if they listen to this, will be like, rolling their eyes. My my classic oldest sister rage okay. incident uh, upon learning what my younger brothers could do that I could not because you know you got to break a lot of barriers. Yes, when you're you the do. first kid. No, my and you're a, and you're a chick, right? right? So one night I call home from college. Now when I went to high school, I could not go out on weeknights. It was non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Everyone was home by six p.m. on weeknights unless you had a sports Sport thing. event. Sure. And that included second semester senior year when I had already been accepted to college. And I had groups of, of course, groups of seniors would meet up at the Chili's on a Monday and have a meal together. And I could not do that. I couldn't do the dinner at Chili's. I could not. And I was like, guys, I've already gotten into college. Can I please go out to a six o'clock dinner at Chili's? The answer was no. The Chili's contributes to delinquency. (laughs) That's that's probably. (laughs) That would have probably been the. The the chillest thing, the safest thing I did in high school. Uh, I would say that 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 is a very accurate assessment because I'm a younger, I'm a younger brother, and I remember going out to a party, and it was not far. It's in the down the neighbor, you know, in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. down the street, but it was like 10 p.m. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna go. Okay, that's fine. And I remember my sister making a stink about that, Mm -hmm. saying, "Gee, okay." So I call home from college, and my brother is in like mid high school. Like a sophomore. Yeah, not even a senior. And he, I call home and I say, hey, how's it going? And I talk to my parents for a while and I was like, hey, is Owen around? And uh, it turns out, no, he's not. He's out of the house. Oh, what is Owen doing? Uh, he's, at a, he's at a Weezer concert. <laughs> and I said, oh, in Chapel Hill, which would have been 15 minutes from our house. Nope, in Charlotte. Charlotte is two hours from yeah. our home. And the it big was city. a weeknight. And I was like, what is happening? But you know what? That's just the path of the youngest sibling. It is. It's a, it, and to yeah. his credit, he didn't get into a lot of trouble. He was, yeah. he, he like learned from, wisely learned yeah, from our mistakes, the, exactly. uh, the two older ones' mistakes, and was yeah. like, you know what? If I just keep it between the navigational beacons, I feel like they're not going to get that mad at me. So he went down to Charlotte with my other brother, who was not in high school, so whatever, he can do his thing. On, On a, a Tuesday. Well, it was Weezer. I know. 
when he got to see Weezer. I would never have gotten to see Weezer. Weezer would have been out of the question. Hash pipe. Sorry. And I, like, and I was like yelling at my parents on the phone like, I can't believe this. This is a travesty. I, I, Mary Catherine Ham, would not have even broached the subject no, you of would, going they... to a concert in Charlotte on a weeknight. This is, how is this how is this young man ever going to make it to adulthood? They would not have let you to ch- down to Chapel Hill to see the gin blossoms. That's how strict they oh, were. Oh, no, 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 no. In fact, I think one time I contemplated asking them if I could go to a show at the Cat's Cradle. I believe it was Less Than Jake. <laughs> yes. Did I listen to silly pop ska bands? I did, right? Wow. Pop, punk, ska. Yes. And I was like, you know what? If I ask that question, my dad's going to get mad at me so that I asked that you question. We're not even going to bring it up. And my parents will say, you know what? I guess you missed that opportunity. You miss all the goals you don't shoot, MK. Every shot you don't take. It, you know what? It could have been worse. They could have said your brother was at a fish concert. He's been there since Wednesday. Oof, something. yeah. You know what? It's just been the same song. Just he was a good it. kid. He it's, was a good it's kid. It's a very long solo. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, good. I don't begrudge him any of that fun. No. No, you don't think about that. Anymore. So glad he had it. Okay. okay. And Weezer, fun. Weezer concert must have been good. Okay. <laughs> the Buddy Holly song is great, by the way. And also another great video because oh, they CGI'd themselves into Happy Days. They did. So it's There's like a so combination iconic, of like We so, should do a whole except show. Except for Al. Al from what was Arnold's and then it was Al. The actor at the time played himself because he still looked the same. We should do a whole show about our favorite music favorite videos. Music videos. <laughs> we should. What people a are, two hour getting What people special. are clamoring yeah. for mm-hmm. in the year 2024 is a top 20 list yeah. of Vic and MK's extremely oh. dated oh. music video choices yeah. from 1990. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blind mm-hmm. yeah. Melon, oh, yeah. some Billy Idol. How about, how about Danny Aiello and Papa Don't Preach? Yeah, that was a very pro-life song. It was. It was. Like... <laughs> it was. Okay. Uh, okay. By the way, that Gary Oldman video was Guns N' Roses, Since I Don't Have You. Wow. Y'all can check that out. Okay. Okay. Should we talk about the news? Yeah, let's do it. All right. There was a a primary in New Hampshire. There was. Yes. Our predictions proved correct. (laughs) The primary in New Hampshire, Trump once again broke 50%, which is an important number for him, important threshold. However, Nikki Haley in the 40s, right? Like not, not crazy far behind. Now- New Hampshire is an open primary or semi-open, which means that unaffiliated voters can vote in either side. Independents. Independents can vote. And some of the Trump online presence was like crying foul that Democrats and independents could infiltrate the GOP primary. It's like, well, that's, I think, always been the design of the New Hampshire primary. That's why different candidates perform there better than they do in Iowa, for instance. It's not new, but it's like classic Trump team strategy to just know that these rules exist forever, do nothing about them, and then be like, how dare these people take advantage of the rules as they exist and have always existed? So there's a little bit of that going on. Somebody tweeted, smoking gun. Here's an independent voter saying he voted for Nikki Haley. It's like, well, yeah, smoking gun. This works the way it has always worked. At any rate, let's get your impressions first of like, What's the state of the race in this case? Well, let's see. Trump won by about 11 points. Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley did not win right. per se. Right. But she did two things. 
that really got under Trump's skin. The first thing was she beat him to it with the speech, right? She went up, she spoke first. And everybody, the mainstream, everyone's going to cover her speech. So that's the first thing. The second thing is she basically questioned his mental fitness and says yes. she's not going anywhere. Yes. Do you, do you think Trump was kind of wondering if she was going to pull a DeSantis and just throw in the towel and just say, you know what? I don't see a path. Right. Because really, there is no path at this point. But well, so here's and that's what got them all worked. So here's the path, right? The path is this guy's in a lot of danger outside of the primary. Yes. And she has, you know, over I want to say like over 15 delegates, I think, to his 30 something at this point, having earned those through this process. Right. She earned what every other candidate wanted, which was the head to head competition. Here is the first iteration of that, although I would argue there wasn't a ton of time post-DeSantis getting out to consolidate in, the, yeah. in a true sense. But anyway, this is like the first iteration of that. I think it's hard for her to get out before her home state, given that she has a lot of money and a rationale, which is that 40-something percent here, yeah. some of them, yes, independents. Guess who you have to win in a general election? Independents. Some of the independents turn toward her. South Carolina will be a more traditional Republican state, but it is a state that she governed twice over. So I think it's hard for her to leave before that happens. And she seems to be feeling like she's having fun in this moment. First of all, let's play a little clip of Trump who wants to say, he keeps sort of saying like, she keeps declaring victory when she hasn't really. Yes. She's come out and said like, I deserve to stick around, but she hasn't declared victory, but he... He seems to think she has. But I felt I should do this because I find in life you can't let people get away with bullshit, okay? You can't. Mm. You just can't do that. If there was ever a man to say that. And when I watched her in the fancy dress that probably wasn't so fancy <laughs> come up, I said, what's she doing? We won. And she did the same thing last week, but he was much more angry about it than I was. I said, get up there and you let him know. We are going to win this. We have no choice. If we don't win, I think our country is finished. So clearly he, I think you're correct that that got under his skin a little bit, which is why he's making fun of her dress. Yes. I, you know, you know, Mary Catherine, I started to think maybe MSNBC was right about not showing the speeches. Not because they, we need to be told uh, what is truth and what is not, right? Not, we don't need them to curate the news for us. But because I kind of, I forced myself you know, to forget the forget me not from Arrested Development, the forget mm -hmm. me not pill. I took it to forget about those four years and the rhetoric uh, and thought, you know, well, I saw him in Iowa. He gave a very sort of very yeah. civil, gracious speech. And then uh, and then it was back now, to now we're just doing Joan Rivers fashion police course, petty. Yeah, and it's like, oh, doing. wait a minute. Here he is. He's back. Uh, before we get to Nikki, I will also say that he was after the I don't know, if it, was it right before New Hampshire or right after New Hampshire yeah. that he had Tim Scott behind him on stage? It was after New Hampshire. R right after New Hampshire. Yeah, okay. it, was the same, it was the same with, and Vivek spoke first. Okay, so he's got Tim Scott behind him. And as always happens, I like Tim Scott. But, you know, he endorses Trump, full-throated endorsement, stands behind him at this event. And Trump, unable to observe any just, like, minimally normal people niceties mm -hmm. says this. This is the first thing out of his mouth. It's hard for me to even listen to. Go ahead. Did you ever think that she actually appointed you, Tim? <laughs> and think of it. 
appointed, and you're the senator of his state, and she endorsed me. You must really hate her. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's a shame. It's uh, a shame. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just love you. No, that's... <laughs> All right. So awful. So first of all, he mi- it's just, you know. It, first of all, he misspeaks because I believe he says she endorsed me. Yeah. But like just anyone who jumps in there, just be aware that your ritual humiliation will come yeah. at some point. He's referencing the fact that Nikki Haley, when she was governor, appointed Tim Scott to his seat. Right. Yeah, that is awkward. Um, he Yeah, because he, he, he wanted to put him in that position of saying you must really hate yep. her. Yep. Look, I know politics is not beanbag, but sometimes I'm just like, come on, man. All right. And then we have Nikki saying that he feels threatened, which I think is true. Let's hear a little bit of that. So we got out there and we did our thing and we said what we had to say. And then Donald Trump got out there and just threw a temper tantrum. He pitched a fit. He was he was insulting. He was doing what he does. But I know that's what he does when he's insecure. I know that's what he does when he is threatened. And he should feel threatened, without a doubt. You know, it's interesting because a few days ago, he was going on and on about me. I mean, for a while. On and on about why I didn't send in security to the Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> he said it over and over and over and over again. I mean, somebody's got to tell him I wasn't there on January 6th. I've never been at the Capitol working in a job like that, but I think he was a bit confused, and so we'll let that pass. But the thing is, you look at what's happening. And out of everything that he said in his rant, he didn't talk about the American people once. He talked about revenge. He didn't talk about the fact that we've got an economy in shambles and an inflation that's un- out of control. He didn't talk about the fact that we only have 31% of eighth graders in our country who are proficient in reading. He didn't talk about what we were going to do to get the lawlessness on the border under control. He didn't talk about what we were going to do to bring law and order back to our country. He didn't talk about what he was going to do to help all the wars that we're in and to keep us from going to war. He didn't talk about any of that. And so he'll go on and you know even on that day where he was going on and on about January 6th you know we talked about okay he was having a moment he was confused but it also goes back to why I've continued to push for a mental competency test for anyone over the age of 75. So she goes on to say you know she listened to his speech and what he didn't talk about was the problems facing Americans which is going to be yeah. the theme of his campaign is not talking about those No, things. he he'd rather talk about himself when you know you have this First of all, the world is on fire. The border is wide open. Somebody just told me today about an awful incident that happened in Houston regarding uh, involving illegal immigrants and, and the violating of two kids. Oh, you know, I God. mean, really awful. But what is Trump talking about? He's talking about bird brain. Mm-hmm. As he now, that's the new nickname for Nikki Haley is bird brain. We're, we're at that I don't level. Don't get that one, but of, whatever. You know, and and in the and in the, her dress, the dress, and then E. Jean Carroll. The oh, did know, we get into the defamation that? suit? So he can't. He cannot let any of these things go. 
Yeah. Victory is and it's, like, it's right was, in front of them. How to win is so it's right there. I was it's on right with there. Hogan Gidley, who's a Trump supporter on NBC, and yeah. and he was saying, look, the, the president talks about those things in every speech, and I will I will grant sure. that he does touch yeah, upon them, it. right? Mm-hmm. But if you take the balance of his speeches, if he has to address one, two, three, four different mm-hmm. sets of indictments, right, and E. Jean Carroll and his opponents, yeah, sometimes the opponents that are already out of the race. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of like burns yeah. he has to yeah. has to distribute before he gets to actual right. problems Americans are facing. He, or Biden. <laughs> it's it, it's the other it's the utter lack of sort of this self discipline self control that he really needs because this is a real this is a real moment and so you you saw again. Well, he you, doesn't need that with primary voters. Oh, with, <laughs> I lost my train yeah, of thought, sorry. but because I'm a disciplined uh, speaker. <laughs> No, I lost my turn of that, but I did want to say that the path for Nikki Haley is that you have this re- very compromised, possibly legal yeah. situation for this candidate. Mm-hmm. This is unprecedented mm-hmm. to keep plugging along and have delegates behind your name that are legit, that are gained through this process means that if something should happen to the 77 year old who is yeah. facing 91 indictments, you are the person who has some sort of legitimate claim to the nominating process. Right. And so if that's the case, why do you want to get out? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, if she somehow were to make it or get as close as she could to the convention, right? Right. That horse trading happens, you know, where delegates, you know, they they shift their allegiances depending on what the situation is. As you mentioned, if Trump happens to be convicted, there is an X, there's already an X percentage of Republicans who say, under no circumstances, they're going to vote. Which I have a uh, feeling Trump. that percentage is just going to get smaller. Like Trump's just going to be like, they're after me again, and everybody right. be like, well, in that case, that might. And but but <laughs> but if he does, there are also there's also a larger number who say that if he's convicted, they cannot vote for him. Yeah. So uh, you're right, that does exist. But she'll need money to sort of just have her push her along. But it's going to drive him nuts. Well. Yeah, this yeah. kind of talk, particularly from a woman, I do not think is going to sit well with him. It's going to rile him up. Now, to some extent, that's going to, it does. It's Even gonna, Hannity, by the way, it's thought gonna, it was a bad really? speech. He oh, said that I, I wish I wish he would have talked more about winning and more about Biden than her. Yeah. Right. So it's getting under his skin. I, like, this is the issue moving forward is that, look, I, I think there's plenty of rationale for her to stay in the race. Mm-hmm. She has resources. She has not only her own people on the ground, but again, Americans for Prosperity action on the ground with lots of money and lots of people who do door knocking in a place like South Carolina, in a lot of states that might be in play in Super Tuesday, where a lot of people can win who are not Donald Trump and did in 2016 in that contested primary. I I didn't think, by the way, that after Iowa and New Hampshire in 2020, that Biden was going to be the nominee. South Carolina saved him. And that surprised me. But I can no longer remember if that was a surprise for many people or pollsters. Or whatnot. I mean, I know the turning point was Jim Clyburn's endorsement. Yeah, I don't think it was a surprise for, like, Democratic higher-ups yeah. who were like, they Jim, the fixes save us from Bernie. Right. <laughs> but for a lot of us, I thought, especially after New Hampshire, when is yeah. this guy going to win one? Now, Trump is, of course, in the other position, which yes. is a much better p- position to be in because no— Republican in modern times has lost a nomination after winning both Iowa. It usually gets split up Iowa and New Hampshire, and then it's sort of the primary begins in earnest after. By the way, just a a quick note on New Hampshire. That is why 
Biden wasn't even on the ballot yeah. for Democrats in New Hampshire. He had to be written in because the Democratic Party and Biden, right. in you know, in these in these in the Biden era, decided it would reward South Carolina for having given yeah. Biden the nomination last time around. They also this is a rare instance, perhaps, of the living up to their values. They think that Iowa and New Hampshire are too white. So they want to have South Carolina sort of carry the banner okay. with it's, a more it, diverse Democratic coalition. It is not a, a surprise, their fixation yeah. on all things equity-related. Uh, got to do a little racial bean counting in order yeah, to pick your first state. Yeah, that's the thing on the other side. I did want to bring this up mm-hmm. because it came to my mind, something you had mentioned in the last show, which is listening to Trump and how I'm like, okay, let's talk about the positive and really the crisis you know, at the border, and he talked about the border. You're right; yeah. it's true. He talked. He does. About He'll mention these things. But then he goes back to her saying that she won and she didn't win, and the fancy dress. And he's in his mind. I'm like, what is he getting at over mm-hmm. here? And it reminded me, first of all, of my friend Larry Miller. Right? He 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 he, had, he has a friend who, when they go out with couples, very civil, very nice. You know, couples going out, and the friend would say, you know, I shouldn't say this, but. And then bleep it. And he'll say that and then just go right into it. And I just thought every time Trump kept going back to it, all I thought was FIWB. Yeah. That's it. He's like, (laughs) I shouldn't really, should I bring this up a fourth time? Oh, FIWB. We're we're telling all the olds, the new, the new trends, the new, the new lingo. Quickly, a couple things to close out our 2024 section. There was a moment that I very much enjoyed because I do think it is perhaps, it is one of my more strongly held opinions that Trump is cheating voters by not debating. And he is continuing to do that. And the voters don't seem to care. No. So <laughs> I still worked. believe the it. strategy worked. I still believe that it's not good practice. But here we are. Haley has a little something to say about that. Trump claims he'd do better than me in one of those tests. Maybe he would. Maybe he wouldn't. But if he thinks that, then he should have no problem standing on a debate stage with me. Look, satisfying. Uh, does it work for peeling off Trump voters? Mm-hmm. Works for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different it's a different demographic. But this is part of the trick of moving to a general election is that Trump is going to spend his time beating up on Nikki Haley and the people who might support Nikki Haley, who are the exact kind of people who might right. be earnable by a GOP mm-hmm. general election candidate if that person were interested in right. convincing right. them. But yeah, not so much. No. And again, it served him well by not participating in any of those debates. I know. Uh, even though everybody warned him that, oh, no, you know, everybody said it's really bad if he doesn't do this, you know, and, and, and instead the candidates went after each other, shredded themselves, you know, into, into tiny pieces, and yeah. then Trump remained above the fray, by and large, with the exception maybe of Chris Christie. That was the first thing. And the second thing is if you're leading your opponent by 20, 30 points, like Trump is uh, over Nikki Haley. Debating can it doesn't only, make sense. Debating it can only hurt you. Yeah, no, it, that's correct. Strategically, that is yeah. correct. And maybe um, I don't know. In the general, I don't know if Biden wants to debate Trump either. No, I, of course he doesn't. It's going to be a very. Of course he doesn't. Just get let's just get to November. By the way, just to get a gauge on how much the Trump camp would like to convince people to get behind him, uh, this is Marjorie Taylor Greene saying. This is the referendum on the Republican Party, and that's something I'll be saying in my speech tonight. This is a true change for the Republican Party. It says that not only do we support President Trump, we support his policies, and any Republican that isn't willing to adapt these policy, to these policies, we are completely eradicating from the party. So it's up to Nikki Haley what she does. Okay. I would just note that in 2020, 2018, 2022... 
those underwhelming results, those big L's, yeah. come from eradicating people from the party yeah. that don't completely disagree with Trump. Yeah. So that's what ha that's what happened to the suburbs. <laughs> and if you would like to play in national elections, you should not eradicate them from the party. That's well, and it, this also adds fuel not to, strategically. Correct. Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, to Nikki's uh, uh, case here, which is, you know, the track record is not great. No. After 2016, no. right? So. Well, I would just say, in if he ends up the nominee, count on if you would like him to win the general election. Mm -hmm. Biden convincing people to vote for Trump by being horrendous. Yeah. Versus Trump convincing people to vote for Trump by being something better than he currently is. Right. You know, I mean, there's so. There, and it could happen. The, but. <laughs> it, well, it's also interesting because, there, you know, there are all these. Everyone's talking about the warning signs for Trump, right? Because, yeah. you know, you have the independents who, if they join forces with Democrats, the number of Americans in general who identify themselves as Republican is smaller than the number who right. identify themselves we as Democrats. We have Democrat. a smaller pool to start with. Yeah. So if you combine those two, then 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 Republicans are in a lot of a lot of trouble. And you have other Republicans who then adding to that would just object for the reasons I mentioned voting for him in, in, in any case or if he gets convicted, they'll stay home. Biden is facing a similar problem with his key demographics, particularly minorities. Yep. This is not to say that you know African-Americans or Hispanics are going to turn on Biden and suddenly vote for Trump. Right. They're, they too may just stay at home. Or, and so it's a big... Or there well, are people... I mean, this is the thing about non-white voters mm -hmm. is that it turns out Republicans, uh, having historically had such a dearth of those voters, don't have to turn very min many of them yeah. if they are in strategically oh, helpful places. Absolutely, yeah. And so those margins matter to Democrats a whole yeah. bunch. Now, what I would say is that a lot of the non-white voters who might consider Trump newly in 2024 because of the Biden mm -hmm. economy probably live in cities that are in blue states. Yeah. And so. that's not going to change the electoral map. Although I should not shade the fact that he could earn those votes because in some you've seen that in polling. Yeah. OK, one last thing. Let's let's go to the competition, which is Joe Biden. He was oh. in Virginia this week doing a a rally called Restore Row that was behind him. I mean, I don't know how you're going to do that because you're not on the Supreme Court and there's no row case before the Supreme Court. And that's not really how this works. Gotta I guess bring they, back the packing strategy. I guess they, mean, pack the I guess they mean legislatively. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. At any rate. That was the theme of the rally. Biden is in, in Virginia and he's, as you know, they're going to run on the importance of preserving democracy because Donald Trump is the greatest threat to right, that. Right. He's a denier. Election denialism is the cardinal sin. Yeah. So let's hear what he had to say to introduce himself in Virginia. Hello, Virginia. <laughs> and the real governor, Terry McAuliffe. The real governor, Terry McAuliffe. Okay. Terry McAuliffe is not the real governor of Virginia. There are no allegations or even fantasies about any sort of controversy with the vote in Virginia in 2021. Governor Glenn Youngkin, Republican, is the governor of a Virginia. A popular one, too, among a both. very uh, popular one. I believe he's. I believe his his approval is 55 plus yeah. right now. Yeah, but the, the Washington Post had a glowing story about yes. him working across the On the aisle. strength, by the way, of the suburban voters that Marjorie Taylor Greene would eradicate from the party, he won that election. Now everybody says it was just a joke. It wasn't a joke. It was one of those rude things that people say that they then laugh at yeah. and then call it a joke. 
It's not a joke. If you actually think that election denialism is a problem, which I'm with you, man, mm-hmm. you can't do this. I th- so here's what I think. I think what Biden. Imagine I can't imagine I'm going to say that what I think he's thinking because I don't know if he thinks he knows what he's thinking. Good luck. But thank you. <laughs> I think what Biden wanted to say was, and the guy who will always be governor to me, Terry McAuliffe. I think right. that's what he wanted to would, say. That would be fine. Or that would be affection or for he, your friend. Yeah, that's right. Or he does think that the election was stolen or he doesn't know there was an election. Fair enough. He might. He might. He might Terry still is, think Terry McCall. My, my is good the friend. My good friend from the Palm, Terry. I don't know what he was doing hanging out at the Palm. He should be in Richmond. <laughs> I forgot you ran into him oh, at the Palm. Whole other story. Oh, that was whole good other times. story. Do you do you think as a result of this, he's going to end up having to go back to campaigning from the basement? Because he looked, ex- you know, he's exhausted. Also, by the way, really quick. So that's the first question for you: Is you're okay. going to go back to the basement. basement? Okay. The second thing is, if you looked at that rally. Why does it look like a screen? It was like a green screen in the background. Were they really there? It was bizarre looking. Everything looked bizarre. It it's just like the moon landing, Vic. Was, well, this is directed by Kubrick. It's actually no. In this era, they wouldn't have Kubrick. They would direct it. It would be a scam directed by Greta Gerwig because she deserves uh, uh, it. And we're gonna get to that great, later. That's a great transition. <laughs> you know, but okay, fine. Maybe the whole thing was done in the basement, like Wag the Dog style. Oh my gosh! And they just brought in a bunch of they, people to yeah, put on the screen. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know, people always wonder why was there no blast crater when the lunar module, when it landed? This is what I'm saying. Just saying. This is what I'm saying. Anyway, 2024, race to the bottom. Okay, should we do some SCOTUS deciphering? Yeah. Okay, if I understand this correctly, and I might not, just putting that out there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of news to keep up with. Mm-hmm. Texas, due to the unprecedented numbers of illegal aliens mm-hmm. crossing the border on a regular basis, overwhelming the Border Patrol has at times called in the Texas National Guard to work at the border, has employed like razor wire or concertina Mm -hmm. wire Mm -hmm. to make it harder to cross the border, to deter people. And then, of course, because it's the Rio Grande and things are dangerous, there have been various losses of life at the border that the federal government is sort of trying to, in a public relations sense, pin on Texas, which is not, to my mind, fair, even though you, we, of course, all want to mourn Unnecessary loss of yeah, life. It's terrible. Some could argue unnecessary loss of life is being caused by the fact that you've created a magnet that brings people here. Yeah. We can't deal with the capacity. However, they put up the concertina wire. The federal government says to the courts, the federal courts, hey, you got to stop them from putting up this wire. A circuit court says, yes, we will stop. Yes. In, enjoined. Mm-hmm. Texas can no longer put up this wire. That goes to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court knocks that out and basically says, Go back to what you were doing before. Now, a lot of people are characterizing this as Texas being rebuked, but Texas wasn't really being rebuked. What they said is, is that the federal government can't. I'm losing. (laughs) Okay. You help me. All right. You were almost there. I was? You were almost there. Yeah. (laughs) I lost it right at the end. The Supreme Court. I'm like Rick Perry in a debate. This is not like, this is, uh, yes, what is it, the four pillars? He said the three pillars, and it's like two, and then I forgot how, it was horrifying. No, it's not like that at all, Mary Catherine. Okay. So the Supreme Court did not render a verdict. Right. Okay, this is not like the overturning of Roe v. Wade. There was nothing written that came with no, it. It was no, just a No, all they did was they vacated an injunction, right? That's what the that's what I was that's looking for. They vacated the injunction, okay? <laughs> so the Fifth Circuit, and I believe uh, Kyle Duncan, the judge, mm-hmm. Uh, was explaining that it was within Texas's right because they got to protect, you know, they have a duty to protect 
They are also constitutionally bound to protect their state from these illegal incursions. And we need to remind people this is what is happening is illegal. It's terrible. Yes. There are millions of people. They're not documented. We have no idea who's we have no control over who is in this country. No. So that includes nice people, hardworking people, yes. women, children, and also dangerous people, bad people. And I mentioned uh, a crime that happened earlier. And there's uh, numerous other instances like this, obviously. And the Supreme Court in a 5-4 ruling basically vacated. And there are multiple lawsuits happening right now. So uh, between Texas and the federal government. Right. And so that all has to resolve itself as early right. as March. For example, Texas wants the right to have its own law enforcement officers arrest and I think even deport illegals coming in as opposed to being within the boundaries, within the realm of Department of Homeland Security. Right. Uh, that's one thing. And then the other thing, of course, is that the razor wire is part of a larger issue as yes. well. So Beto O'Rourke, our good friend Beto, mm. he had sent out on X a harsh criticism of Governor Abbott of Texas and, okay. and, and saying that, you know- Remind me, he doesn't have a job, right? No, he not anymore. Okay. Not for some time now. Yeah. He's not running for anything. That they de that that Texas and Abbott are defying the Supreme Court's decision. There was no okay. No, I'm because curious because vacating the thing means that Texas yes. can go back to doing what it was doing, and the federal government That's can right. also react against that. Correct? Yes. Like yeah. did 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 Beto ever wonder why there was no majority opinion? For example, there's no there's no opinion for a majority. There's no dissent. It's just back to you. That's all they're Honestly, saying. This, this is how you know that mis the misinformation reporters yeah. are a scam. Yeah. Because if the misinformation reporters were interested in actual misinformation, mm -hmm. SCOTUS reporting would be right. number one on the mm -hmm. list. Like, right. no one understands what overturning Roe did. They all refer to it, even in news oh, reports, yeah. like, abor as, abortion as a national abortion <laughs> ban, yeah. which is not what happened. Right. Right. This they refer to as Texas defying mm -hmm. the SCOTUS, which right. is not right. what's right. happening. Um, and I'm going to forget one of the other uh, lawsuits has to do with the buoys. Oh uh, yes, along the Rio Grande. Yes, uh, and there is a there is a there is a the back and forth between uh, Texas and uh, the federal government uh, has to do with deaths that occurred because of the buoys. Texas says Border Patrol was not clear that right. that's why they needed to have them removed to save these people. Right. And the other thing is, Border Patrol insists that their their authority is not just the border itself, but about twenty five miles inland. Okay. So that is an issue right now. So all this is pending. Well, and so for their part, you know, a lot of these things, when we have tragic loss of life, it is yeah. A, coyotes, B, dangerous situations, yeah. C, just overwhelming numbers of people. Yeah, drugs. As, as Abbott notes in his legal letter, sort of his public letter about this, yeah. under President Biden's lawless border policies, more than 6 million illegal immigrants have crossed our southern border in just three years. That is more than the population of 33 different states in this country. Mm -hmm. This Ill illegal refusal to protect the states has inflicted unprecedented harm on the people all across the United States. He goes back. There's another part who says the federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states. I mean, them's just facts, man. Yeah. They don't want to enforce them, but right. they do have a duty to do that, including immigration laws on the books right now. President Biden has refused to enforce those laws and has even violated them. The result is that he has smashed records for illegal immigration. Ron DeSantis did chime in on this. Biden is going after Texas, saying that they must remove fortifications from their border. They put wire, they put things to keep people out. Uh, Biden's saying you got to take that down to let people come in illegally, which is just crazy. 
and I remark that if the Constitution was originally understood to mean that a state could not protect itself against an invasion, that the federal government could force a state to allow an invasion, the Constitution would have never been ratified in the first place. Texas would have never joined the Union when it did. He goes on to say, if you read Federalist Number, which is yeah. a very Ron DeSantis moment, and I enjoy it. Smart guy. I enjoy it. So he chimed in on this, as did many other Republican governors yeah. who are saying, look, the states have resources to deal with these things. If they're not going to enforce the law, we're going to have to take steps. Yeah. Now, again, I used to be much more moderate on immigration. This posture by this federal government has turned me more yeah. hawkish. And to me, this is a very sensible position. Yeah. Again, you're talking about the millions of people who are coming over. The, the message that it sends, of course, is why wait? in some cases, years to enter this country, right? I mean, that's the legal way to do it. You yeah. just cross over here and they have no idea who's yeah. coming in. So, I mean, uh, again, that that seems to be the By the way, problem. and this is like yeah. obviously a personal beef of mine, but the, the Biden administration is currently considering mm -hmm. rules and regulations yeah. that would absolutely destroy the au pair okay. industry <laughs> Closer in to home. country, yes. which is a yeah. A form of childcare, live-in childcare, sure. that comes from uh, young student-aged people, usually who come to America to work with families and live with them. This is a solution that many turned to after the shutdown policies of COVID ruined yeah. a lot of an already precarious mm -hmm. chi precarious childcare situation. And now they want to sort of they want to classify au pairs in a different way mm -hmm. to make them basically full-time employees that would get full-time mm -hmm. benefits which you know, doesn't account for like the room and board and all these other yeah. things. Point being, a form of very helpful right. legal immigration, they're just going to destroy, right. possibly. Yeah. But illegal immigration, let the party right. continue. I mean, what is like, so, so, so the Biden administration's message you know, to Texas, for example, is remove the wire, lift the buoys, we don't have an answer how to stop this, by the right. way. And, and this is your problem. And don't, certainly don't bust them or fly them to, you know. Oh, uh, never that. To, to our other cities. You don't want that to happen. So just keep them all there. But if, they, if they're, you know, sight unseen. By the way, their message to me is get an illegal nanny, Mary Catherine. Not a, don't do it legally. Let me ask you. Do, uh, uh, that's the Biden message to me. Do you think an au pair would ever work for somebody who did not have kids? That is not within the scope of the program. Okay. Uh, look, I'm going to look into that. Okay. Just, just fine. I'll look into it myself. All righty. Okay. Enough about that. Yes. All right. Shall we go to uh, some Gen Z critique? Oh, yes. Oh, we love oh, to go after yes, the youngs, even though our beloved producer, Jennifer, is a cusp Gen Z gal. Oh, she's but she's no, a she's, hard uh -huh. worker. She's, she's, she's practically Gen Z alpha. She's so young. Isn't that the term Gen Z Alpha? But she, right. she, was she born gets in it done, man. She yes. gets it done. She doesn't she doesn't truck with any of this nonsense. She has the heart of an exit. She has the heart of an exit. <laughs> okay. Young Congress aides publicly defy bosses, upending tradition. Representative Henry Quayer's top staffer in his Laredo office welcomed the chance to work for the conservative Democrat, despite the fact that they came from different parties and managed one of the worst paid offices in Congress. But Quayer's vote against Republican-led legislation barring transgender girls from participating in school athletics from women and girls, was a bridge too far for Jose Sanz, Cuellar's district director. So Sanz resigned and weeks later announced a bid for the Republican nomination to challenge Cuellar in November. Um, it goes on. Congressional staff, other congressional staff, and these are the ones that tick me off, 
organizing on the Hill. This guy had an objection, resigned, runs. That is, that's legit. That ain't dirty pool. We're fine with that. Organizing on the Hill, perhaps the most prominent example of staffer activism in recent years is the creation of the Congressional Workers Union. 18 offices of members of committee staff have unionized since the House voted in 2022 to protect aides who collectively bargain. The union is in part the product of younger, more tech-savvy staff who have begun to challenge their bosses online. Aides have exposed toxic lawmakers publicly, especially on the anonymous social media forum Dear White Staffers. That sounds like harassment equity lawsuit to begin with. And leverage the visibility into hostile working environments, into hostile work environments to petition for better and more transparent pay and workplace protections. And then, of course, you have them literally protesting their bosses outside the Capitol, outside the White House, because they disagree about policy. Again, the first example, no surprise it's a Republican arguing for a Democrat, did the same thing, which is you say to your boss, I can't do it. I can't I can't follow your out of principle. You're the one they voted for, not me. I got to move on. Fine. The people who say, I can't handle what you're voting for. The people voted for you. I don't care. You're ticking me off. I'm going to protest, sometimes anonymously, yeah. your legislation. Is, for example, against, you know, you know, the, the you know, the war in Israel. Yes, right? this and, is a and, huge and, one. In and, and, and Gaza. Right. And there was a, a petition signed by hundreds, if not thousands, of unsigned so if they're anonymous, what do they sign on that petition? Do they it's just like write an anonymous? X or something? I don't X? know. Okay. I don't know. Hispanic staffers want Congress to provide a pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants. LGBTQ staffers have called out House lawmakers for denigrating the transgender community. Staff associations representing staffers of colors oppose legislation eliminating the houses, House's diversity and inclusion office. It's like, guys, you don't. Someone fire them. But I'm going to assume, them. I assume this is happening in Democratic staff, yes. Democratic offices, it's, it's, because I'm. A, if that's the case, they had it coming. They they engendered this. Yes, they engendered this is the this. problem. And I know, you know, I sound like the jerk face. Fire them. Yeah. Fire. Let them be martyrs. Yeah. Stand up to them. No, they because want, they want their they job. Want, they want the benefits. They want it both ways, they right? They want it both. They ways. want to do the job. They want to castigate their bosses. Look. Dislike members of Congress as much as the next angry staffer, okay? But you have a job to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You signed on to that job. One of the reasons I don't work on the Hill is because I have a big mouth and I have beliefs, yeah. and my beliefs do not always align with people in office, and I would find it uncomfortable right. for me to do that job, right? No, I, I, I could not, I cannot fathom doing that. Yes. But the, you know what I don't do yeah. is throw a tantrum on the Hill because I signed up for a job I can't do. No, but okay. So, the first thing that came to my mind was in the 1970s. There was a, a show, a kids show called Kids Are People Too. And there was a chimp on that show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it come out at the end. There's that you know that movie that that horror movie that came out and that it's a, there's a terrible scene where the chimp goes insane. But in, in in any event, that's how they feel. Like, hey, we need to be heard, and they they feel this way. Yeah. The second thing, Mary Catherine is. Do you think that they want it both ways because they're used to getting it both ways because it goes all the way back to their parents who coddle? Do you think it's a parent situation? Bad parents? <laughs> look, Does look. that go back to the coddling of the parents? Far be it for me because I don't know how my kids will turn out when they're employees <laughs> uh, to to okay. cast aspersions. Mm-hmm. But look, there's clearly something. There's a glitch here. But part of the glitch is, I will say this. I can't speak for all of their parents. I can speak for adults in these organizations. And by look, these... Often these kids are adults, but mm-hmm. they aren't acting like adults. No. 
The adults in charge need to tell young people this is unacceptable. If you don't do that, yeah. they will continue to think it's acceptable and continue to work within that incentive structure. I think, yes, in their colleges, they were often treated like they're in charge. Everyone has lost the spine yeah. to just tell a 21-year-old, you're wrong. Right. No, you don't have any leverage. They're here. not used to having anybody disagree with them at all. Uh, right. And I feel like just uh, as I as I wrote in uh, my book, End of Discussion, available on Amazon.com in 2015, uh, an underused phrase is your concerns are noted. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. Go yes. back to your job. That's it. It doesn't it doesn't need to go any further than that. You have no power. Go back to your group house. Well, like I said, they, you know what? Drink they, out of they, a red solo cup. Live they, your life. They're reaping the whirlwind. So there you are. I bet those kids don't know anything about music videos. <laughs> really good ones. All right. Oh, the Barbie discourse. Oh, okay. Okay, the Barbie discourse. We have to talk about this, even though yesterday I just tweeted. So just, I'm going back on a promise. I said, I, I simply can't do the Barbie Hillary snub crossover discourse. Yes. But we're going to so, do it anyway. Yeah, you know, even if you're rooting for them now, you can't. But go ahead, explain what okay. happened. What happened? So, so here's the big deal. Barbie, the movie, was a huge blockbuster hit. Really surprised people. Oppenheimer and Barbie, act, Oppenheimer yeah. and Barbie both surprised people in completely different ways. I saw Barbie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought parts of it were quite clever and, and cool. So did, um, Kate said the same thing. Set looked great. Interesting. Pretty interesting story, even though it hit me over the head a couple of times more than needed. Mm -hmm. Greta Gerwig was the female director of the Barbie yes. movie. The beautiful Margot Robbie, 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 yeah, Robbie, was the lead, and then Ken was played by Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Ryan Gosling has been nominated for best, and his what is it? Best supporting or is it best actor? Best actor. Best actor for Ken. I could be wrong. Could be supporting. Actor. Okay, at any rate, he's. Been He's been nominated in his category. Margot Robbie has not been nominated as the actress. Mm -hmm. Greta Gerwig has not been nominated for Best Director. Okay. However, Greta Gerwig was nominated for writing the screenplay, and the movie was nominated for its set design, I believe, which was really, really cool. So it's not like they were completely snubbed. Right. And also, Ken was the star of that movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. everyone. Well, I'll take your word for it because I haven't seen it. Yeah. Barbie received eight Academy Award nominations. So first of all, like, how much of a snubbing is that? Gosling, of course, knowing that he's going to take heat for this and being a very socially capable human, he writes a whole essay yeah. In about- In defense of his, co his, yes. his co-workers. He says, there is no Ken without Barbie and there is no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig or Margot Robbie. The two people most responsible for this history-making, globally celebrated film- no recognition would be possible for anyone on the film without their talent, grit, and genius. To say that I'm disappointed that they are not nominated in the respective categories would be an understatement. So, like, classy from him to stick up for them. Also, sure. like, if you don't, you are getting slaughtered. Yeah. Uh, so. Then Hillary enters the chat, guys. The one and only. Greta and Margot. While it can sting to win the box office but not take home the gold, your millions of fans love you. You're both so much more than Knuff, which is a nod to the film. Hashtag Hillary Barbie. Did somebody write Girl, that, that for that her? Girl, that hashtag is not going to hunt. We're not doing it. 
did 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 somebody write that for her? Do you think she saw the movie and said, oh, I got, "I'm going to do this," Trump style? No, Trump would do it himself. I don't know, man. The I, is it also? It's veiled, isn't it? It's a very thinly veiled reference to uh, losing the electoral w- winning vote the popular, versus the popular yes. vote. Yes. You know? This yes. is all about. This That's is what, what this is about. about. And is, are people celebrating this now? And then they're going to actually just give them the Oscars now because Hillary said so. <laughs> That's how it works. I don't okay. know if you know that. Uh, yeah. Look, I don't think Barbie was terribly snubbed. It certainly yeah. wasn't snubbed by the people mm-hmm. who watched the movie. Okay. I think Greta Gerwig deserves to be nominated for sure. things. Perhaps you could argue that there should be more room for mm-hmm. directors in there. But like Hillary. Yeah. No need You're for her so to get involved. No You're so cringe. You're so cringe, Hillary. No need for her to get involved. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so I can understand not being happy with Greta Gerwig not getting nominated. Right. But when it comes to the Oscar for Best Actress, mm-hmm. there are five women who are nominated. Right. That suggests that one of these other women is not deserving if you wanted Margot Robbie. And I haven't seen most of these shows, so yeah, that's I'm not going to say. Point. Who so, is I mean, nominated? They're all women. So, you know, and I'll tell you who I'm. Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon, written uh, by my old friend, David Gran, okay. the, the book. And this is the movie directed by Martin Scorsese. I'm going to, I haven't seen the movie, but I will root for Lily Gladstone because she would be the first Native American to receive an Oscar since Sachin Littlefeather. Wow. Who actually turned out not to be Indian. I think she was well, Italian. And she didn't... Re- that happens so often, it, it turns does, out. as you Elizabeth just Elizabeth Warren. Right, yeah. right. The guy with the tear, the Indian with the tear, was not actually Indian. And uh, and in fact, Sachin Littlefeather did not receive an Oscar for her performance. She had received it uh, on behalf of Marlon Brando and The Godfather, and she wanted to bring to uh, the world oh, the plight right. he, of she, Native Americans. She accepted on behalf of... She accepted of, on yes. behalf, but of course she was, again, herself. Native American, but Lily Gladstone, yeah. all for her. I get this whole thing has been going on since like Oscars. Remember hashtag Oscars so white. Yes. The problem. By the way, I would and, say that to to Hollywood, please stop. Yes. Coming after stop us. Pandering? Oh. Uh, please stop criticizing us until you've got your own house in order. Yeah. Like if you're not meeting oh, your equity goals, right. just like leave us alone. And Maybe. I yes, yeah. the equity goals. It's not the again. All in an equal footing, and then uh, whoever you choose, you choose. But this goes all the way back, by the way, to uh, do the right thing. I remember this at the time when it was not nominated, and and it's a great movie. But every I felt at the time that every presenter, there was less pressure for them to mention and throw shade at the Academy for not mentioning. Yes, do the right thing, and everybody had to stand and clap. Okay, I get that, but you get to the point now where. If you know they push it so hard that it actually hurts the reputations of a lot of these movies or right. or, or or actors or, or or directors because then it gets in people's minds that the only reason why it's is because right. there's a requirement. This reminds me of, for example, the the NFL rule, right? Where if you want, you know who you want oh, as yeah. your coach, you must interview a, a minority coach, an African American co- coach, even if we all know who you want. That's really insulting to the African. Yeah, which coach. is why, by the way, black coaches, including like the Tampa Bay coach recently was like, I don't really want to answer your yeah. like gross questions about my race. Yeah, <laughs> Can we just, just talk about football? Right. Like, so it's the identitarianism is, is the it's already the death of us. Yes. You can say it's going to be the death of us already is. Yeah. I would say also that the nominating process for for actress excluding Margot Robbie has perhaps a bit to do with the bias against comedies at the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Because Barbie was lighter Mm -hmm. than Poor Things, Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, Maestro, and Anatomy of a Fall, among others, right? 
And I do think that's a problem. I think there are comedies that are worth mm -hmm. giving these giant awards to. There are also, yes, historical disparities that are worth considering when you're voting for these things. But we cannot at every show, every award show, have a perfect encapsulation of the populations of mm -hmm. America yeah. reflected in the nominees. Like, that's just not going to be realistic. Right. So, right. at any rate. I have this image. Oppenheimer winning, winning for the white guys again. I know. That's what Look, it was a good movie. It wasn't really well represented, the Manhattan Project. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's not wide diversity. No, that, that's oh, true. They were, they were not, I, don't know, I don't know how many Catholics were on the Manhattan Project. I'll bring that up. <laughs> joking. Joking. Okay. Oh, one last piece yes, of yeah, entertainment news. Jon Stewart will be anchoring oh, right. The Daily Show again on Monday nights, I believe once a week, during the 2024 election. Now, a lot of people are saying... Oh, so John Stewart, the guy who presided over a lot of the sort of yeah. snarky, argument-free mm -hmm. policy snobbery and politics snobbery of the past 20 years, while helming The Daily Show, is going to come back and survey the wreckage yeah. that he had a part Rot. in creating. I don't have that negative a take on it because it's not like The Daily Show has been good for the past couple of years. Now, they've been guest has they just on a rotation Daily show. Yeah, for been, right now it yeah, has been after yeah, after uh, what was his name? Mm -hmm. I'm losing his name. John Oliver. No, no, the last guy who hosted. Trevor Noah. Oh, Excuse right. me. Sorry. After Trevor Noah left. However, what I would like to see, John Stewart is a crotchety old man now. Mm -hmm. And crotchety old men can get surprisingly based. And John Stewart just did just that in that famous clip oh. where he on Colbert's show, yeah. surprised the hell out of him by saying, like, gee, where did the Wuhan virus come from? Could it have been from the Wuhan lab that works with coronaviruses? Right. Bring just a teaspoon of that to The Daily Show in 2024. Yeah. And my my standards are low. Yeah. I will be happy. So that's my message to Jon Stewart. I should have had Bill Maher. That been... Just put the two of them together. Wow. Okay. Okay. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. By the way, apologies to John Stewart. He is 61 years old, which isn't quite old man, but he's crotchety and gray-haired. Let, right. me, let me just That's say right. that. He's okay. not using the just for men. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram, where you can see me dress up yet again in an embarrassing outfit for my kids although i have to say i have raised apparently very well-adjusted self-confident kids who are like eh, you look all right let's just do it i'm like what this is supposed to be mortifying mortifying to me and not to them anyway that's how they get me back i make the bit work girls all right check that out <laughs> thank you for being with us thank you for getting hammered responsibly this has been a nebulous media podcast